sometimes people are afraid. They're afraid if I ask a question, if I do this, they're going to take the offer away. Well, you know what? You need to be more afraid of the fact that you're going to start working there and you're going to be overworked and underpaid to be bitter and mad. How about that? All right? So it's better. So which fear is more important to you? I'm more afraid of not standing for myself than I am of standing for myself. You should see yourself as valuable. So if a company is like, well, we don't want to do business with you, because that's basically what it is. Employment is doing business. If we don't want to do business with you, if you have questions about the contract, because that's what employment agreement is, it's contract. So you want to work there? Really? Okay. Really? Okay. Well, you know, if you're treated crazy on the front end, rest assured, you're about to go get, like, trashed on the back end when you start working. Rest assured. My name is Fela Abioye, and this is How to Corporate, my digital show dedicated to helping you identify what's holding you back so you can advance your career. Are you ready for today's topic? Well, let's get started. I'm really excited today to welcome back my first repeat guest, Dr. Rochelle Parks Yancey. Dr. Yancey was one of my first guests in episode two, How to Negotiate Your Worth. Go check that episode out. She shared a ton of gems in that episode focused on pretty much helping you prepare for the negotiation process when looking to secure that initial job offer. Very, very popular episode. I highly encourage you to go check that one out. And because we couldn't fit all the things I wanted to talk about in that episode, I had to bring it back. I had to continue the conversation, but slightly focused in a new area. So today, the focus is going to be around counteroffer. Okay, counteroffer. So for the folks that may not know who you are, Dr. Nancy, would you please introduce yourself and share a little bit about your current role and your background? Absolutely. Um, first of all, you know, as always, Bela, thank you so very much for having me. I really appreciate this. Um, I think what you're doing is outstanding. And I know Bela asked me to talk about myself, but I think before I do that, um, all of you out there who are like, I want to do this, I want to do that, but you allow, you know, fear and all that to hold you back. Bela is a good example of how he is not doing that. He's done a lot of things that he never would have thought he'd been doing if he had not been willing to take a chance on himself. Um, Fela's married, he's got a kid, he's got a full-time job, but he's got other things that are important to him and so he makes time for them. So I guess a comment about me would be, I don't make excuses. Um, you know, if something's important to me or you, you will, will find the time. And if it is not important to you, you will find an excuse. And so, um, yes, uh, Fela says, so I'm a professor of human resources. I'm a career coach. I've written several books, one of which is written with my co-author and it's called Be Your Best Career Architect, Here are the Blueprints. And it describes job hunt, uh, salary negotiations, how you can quit your job without, without having another one, and things like that. It's available on Amazon. You are welcome to buy it. Um, but anyway, uh, so that that's a little bit about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, th- thank you so much, Dr. Yancey. Um, you've been a mentor and motivator for many of us, not only your former students, but a lot of folks out there on the internet who follow you, um, you 
you're constantly sharing your knowledge and encouraging folks to go out and try new things and take a chance on yourself. Right. So that's what a lot right. of this conversation is really rooted in at the end of the day. So it is. So, so I really want to start here. So, you know, let's be clear first about, I think, defining the subject at hand, because I think sometimes people think what they have as a job offer, but it kind of smells, kind of sort of sounds like a job offer, but it kind of isn't. So, Dr. Nancy, how would you define an official job offer? An official job offer in the United States, and I say this because every country is different, but an official job offer in the United States generally means you have something in writing indicating you have this specific position that is at this specific start date, that is at this specific uh, uh, salary or competition with these specific, you know, kind of expected duties. And it's from the company, the employer. It's not from the recruiting organization. It's from the company, even if the recruiting organization gives it to you. Too many times I know people who've been like, oh, I have a job offer. Yeah, you've gotten a verbal job offer. And they're like, I'm just waiting for the final offer to, you know, the written offer to come. Then they go and quit their other job. They get on the internet and start running their mouth about the offer that they have. And then for whatever reason, the offer doesn't come. So, you know, uh, you don't have an offer until it's in writing. And let me say this now too, even if you have an offer and you think you're gonna accept it, I, back in the day that used to mean, go ahead, you know, quit your current job. No, no, let's, let's wait a minute because job offers are rescinded, okay? That's what happens, like in 2020, Many people, thousands of people had jobs offers in writing and those job, job offers were rescinded. So I don't suggest even quitting your job, even if you have a job offer in writing that you plan on, you know, accepting. You quit it when it seems like, you know, this thing may work a while. If you can ride this out, collect a few checks, then you from, you know, from the new job before you quit the old job. And that's real. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you, you said it well. A couple of different elements in there. I think one, of course, the big piece is having it in writing because there's a lot of verbal conversations, of course, you have back and forth, whether it be with recruiters, whether it be with employers. And they could give you a, an indication like, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to offer you the job, but you, you could run off making assumptions, but you don't know what process they still have to go through, right, to ensure that you are the quote unquote fit for it. So, and if they, somehow renege on that and you put all your eggs in that basket which happens you know which which does happen what does that leave mm -hmm. you so having something definitely in writing though you know anything could still happen but it, it makes a big sure. difference right so for sure so i think that's a that that's a really big element there and then i think the other piece like you talked about is you know sometimes you get these offers in and time time goes on maybe you've got it and your start date's not six months from now. I don't know, maybe three months, two months, whatever it is, it may not be immediate. And you make a decision to say, you know what, I'm going to take some time off from my job. You know, for whatever my current role is, you quit. You got this job and it doesn't start for three, four or five months, whatever the case may be. And then that time comes and then it winds up 
canceling out. Maybe it, they, they renege on the offer. And then where does that leave you? So, and a good example of that is, um, mm-hmm. just really quickly, is the summer when, um, you know, Facebook had offered a number of people employment to start are you know six to eight weeks down the road and someone they quit their jobs and they've moved and again if your money's not an issue for you fine but mm-hmm. and then facebook's like oh sorry no job we may give you one month severance but you've already made two months worth of bills mm-hmm. so you know don't don't be in a rush to just believe what these companies are telling you you know let, let's let's wait a minute relax mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's that's, that's a fact that's a fact so okay all right so so going back to the basics right so once you have the job offer in hand right in writing Mm -hmm. electronically assuming you know that usually the key step in that process is evaluating whether the offer is acceptable or whether you want to counter right so Mm -hmm. what steps do you take or would you take to evaluate whether a job offer is acceptable or unacceptable hey if you're enjoying what you're hearing and learning something new take a second to rate this episode and write a review oh don't forget to share with a friend or a colleague all right back to the show you should always plan to counter that's mm-hmm. just facts all right and the reason why you should always plan to counter is because think about it like this a company's job is to keep employment costs down that is their job that is their responsibility. It is your job to get your money up. In other words, negotiate to get, you know, the, the level that you're worth for that role in that city and that state in that company. So you should generally assume that the first offer is by no means the best offer. Not at all. Right. So you should plan to counter. Period. Period. You should plan to counter. Um, so that was the first part. And then the next part is, of course, presuming you've done your salary homework, which you should do. I mean, I, I don't want to reiterate too much of what I said before in the previous podcast, but basically the time to start knowing what your worth is, is before you even, uh, before you get to the job offer stage. In fact, it needs to be when you even apply for the job, because a fair question for someone to ask you on an initial interview is how much are you looking for? And if you don't know how much you're worth, you're going to be like, oh, now, now you can ask them, well, what's the range? It's a fair question. Mm-hmm. You know, you ask them. Absolutely. You know, this goes both ways, but it is fair for them to ask you. And if you don't know, that's your fault. That is not theirs. So in the part of pack podcast, I went over different sites to look at and how to, you know, find out what your worth is. For example, um, individual um, Walter. Walter was initially offered $122,000, um, you know, benefits, holiday, holidays, two weeks vacation, 10 days, six days, car, um, cell phone, stuff like that, right? Now, but Walter had done his homework, okay? And he knew that he was worth anywhere between about 140, one, uh, about 140, 160, because he had done his salary homework. So he had no intention on, you know, accepting that offer. So what he initially did was he countered. And so he countered by basically, I'm not kind of wrote it down. So I'm gonna read some of it. I'm not gonna read all of it, but I'll give you a sense, okay? Mm-hmm. He basically said, you know, thank you for the opportunity. And so that's first. Then he said something along the lines of, I'm excited about the opportunity to work for the name of the company, right? 
However, I've thought it over and the uh, amount that I was offered or whatever, or there's 122,000, it's about $35,000 less than what I was expecting based <clears throat> upon my, based upon industry uh, averages, my individual worth, and the salary research that I have done for this position. So it's okay to own that you've done your homework. Mm. Own that, okay? And then what he did was, he then began to make, he made the case. He said, well, as you know, I've done this project, I've done that project, I made this amount of money, I saved this amount of time, you know, over my uh, uh, prior position. Therefore, the work uh, that I've done you know, warrants the compensation for which I'm asking, you know, again, based upon the homework that I've done. Mm -hmm. In addition, um, he was interested in also getting a, a master's degree. I am seeking to further my education and the reason why, but see, he related it back to the company. Don't make everything about you related back to the firm. I'm seeking to further my education because I've noticed that the leaders of this firm all have master's degrees. And I'm interested in becoming a leader, you know, and contributing to this firm. And, you know, rest assured, I'll be a great contributor to your organization. And that was his count. Huh. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that makes a lot of sense there. So um, you hit on a bunch of different elements in it. Um, you know, it's funny because one of my next questions was what type of maybe benefits or compensation items could one yeah, we'll counter, right? So what are some examples? And you made, you named a really great one right there is not just the research element of your own compensation, right? Going into the conversation to say, hey, before you even have that convo to say, here's what I expect, you are already prepared. I already have measurable, tangible, actual points to show that here's why I believe I should be compensated in this way and that way. And so another element of that was going back to the NBA piece. And I think you hit a really big nail on the head is not making it all just about you showing the company or the employer, the potential employer, what they're going to get out of it. Right. So if you pay right. for my MBA, then I will reinvest those skills back into your organization right. to hopefully become a future yeah. leader, which I would hope that you'd want you know in the future as well so being able to tie it back to them as well i think is a is a huge huge example of when one's going through that preparation so no that's that's awesome is there any other maybe you know items or types of compensation or, or areas that one can can kind of quote unquote negotiate i think we always lean towards salary right that's always the first thing that's always you know kind of top of mind but is there any other maybe examples that you could that you would recommend to for people to, to keep top of mind? Yes. And let me say this now, when you're doing your salary homework, the salary, that's one part, but mm -hmm. doing these other things I'm about to mention, that's part of it too. You need to have all, all that ready in your arsenal before you have one conversation with the employer. All right. So let me name some things and every industry is different. So you have to know what's relevant for your industry. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, moving expenses, you know, reload relocation expenses. That is, you know, another negotiable item. Vacation days, sick days, personal days. See, some organizations lump them all days off as one, some separate them out. You know, it depends. Work from home. That is also uh, 
you know, a negotiable item. We get two days at home, three days at home, whatever it is. Child care allowances, bonuses, uh, stock, you know, stock options, grants. In my industry, uh, university grants, which are basically cash money. That's the best way to put it. Um, getting your education paid for. If your job involves a fair amount of driving, do you have a car allowance or even public transportation? Do they give you a public transportation allowance? Um, if you have to use a cell phone specifically for work, side note, please do, please keep things separate. Don't use your personal phone for work. Okay. Uh, parking, you have to drive and you got to, you know, pay $20 a week to, to park, you know, all of those fall under negotiable. So you have to decide what is, what is relevant for your industry? Number one. And then number two, what is important to you? What is your, oh, I forgot, health benefits. As I talked before, I said benefits, but um, I mentioned this last podcast, it is not enough for you to just have one health benefit. You better ask up front before you accept the offer, how much do I pay out of pocket for those benefits and what do those benefits entail? And if they will not tell you or cannot tell you, that's a bad sign. So those are all some examples of um, other negotiable items that again, you need to know before you have one conversation with an employer. Mm. So like going back to the person I talked about, Walter, we had already gone through all that. And so mm. when he had his counter ready with that education piece, he had already done his homework on that and decided, yeah, that's something that's valuable to me. Mm. Yeah. No, that's, that's, those are very, very uh, excellent gems right there. So I, I think as you were kind of running down that list, uh, I think something that always resonates with me that I think you said before was just as much as they're interviewing you, you're interviewing them, right? So, Thanks. and so when you're considering, right, working at this place, right, offering your services, then you need to know the whole picture or at least as much of it that you can get. And this interview right. process is the best time to do it. So, it right. Is. So, um, being able to get all the information definitely is key. But and if uh, I can uh, jump in here, yeah. I get that sometimes people are afraid. They're afraid mm -hmm. if I ask a question, if I do this, they're going to take the offer away. Well, you know what? You need to be more afraid of the fact that you're going to start working there and you're going to be overworked and underpaid to be bitter and mad. How about that? All right. So, it's better. So, which fear is more important to you? I'm more afraid of not standing for myself than I am of standing for myself because I'm not a victim. I'm a winner and I don't want. So if I didn't ask for something, that is my fault. That is, you know, that that's not the firm's fault. And also, honestly, you should see yourself as valuable. So if a company is like, well, we don't want to do business with you because that's basically what it is. Employment is doing business. If we don't want to do business with you if you have questions about the contract because that's what employment agreement is it's contract you so you want to work there really okay really okay well you know if you're treated crazy on the front end rest assured you're about to go get like trashed on the back end when you start working there. rest assured so kind of brings you to my my next question so let, let's say the the offer is unacceptable right we don't you don't like it and of course i think assume most people would want to counter whatever that offer is and you should counter like, i'm telling yes. you now if you don't counter the company's mm -hmm. like thank you <laughs> so well, so but but 
So, and, and I think you, I know you answered this already, right? But, but what if the person believes that, well, I got everything I wanted. I had a number in mind. I did all my research. I've, I researched all my benefits. I've got everything. Should I push back still? Because I think some people fall into that category and may, and I'm not saying that, you know, I think sometimes our standards of what we think we can get right may even be a little lower depending on where you are. Um, and I'm not saying that people have low standards. Uh, don't get me wrong, right? There's but, always again. I'm not saying that you have. If you're happy with, say, the salary, let's suppose mm-hmm. you are. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. But you can ask for another week's vacation, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You can ask for. I've got to mention. I talked about education, but not just degrees, but professional development conferences you might want to go to, right? Mm-hmm. You're you. You know, it's basically like it's like a mm-hmm. marriage or like when you're dating. You mm-hmm. are never so hot or attractive as you are on the first date. <laughs> the facts. So you can get all you can. Okay? Because they're going to get every little bit out of you when you marry them. Mm. Rest assured. So you may be happy with some things, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't ask for a little more. And I'll tell you why. It's because back to what I said, the organization yep. is not giving you everything up front. Who gives away all the milk up front? That's stupid. You know, Mm-mm. no, you got to work to get the milk, you know, all the milk. <laughs> so, yes, I stand by yeah. what I said. You should Understood. always plan to counter. All right. Everybody always. got that. On always some. plan to counter. There you go. So, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Plan to so, so you touched on the fear element that I think comes into play a lot for people. I, maybe I'm getting into this from a psychological perspective, but why do you why do you think people are so fearful? Like, what, why do you think? That well, I think so it often? really goes back to it. Really goes back to school. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, I return to school. Mm-hmm. I always return to school, and mm-hmm. school te- generally teaches people doesn't really teach people. I say that to advocate in an effective way for themselves. Or to, they don't, it doesn't do a good job of translating. Like, you know, you may be that student who's got to fight to get that B, right? Mm-hmm. You're on the line of that C plus, And you're mm-hmm. like, what can I say to get that B? See, some mm-hmm. people are going to be like, well, okay, F it. I'll just take the, take the C plus. I'm not the one, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, let me see what I can do. Now, it may not work out, but I'm going to try, right? Mm-hmm. But see, it's literally the same, a lot of times, Sometimes people don't translate that, though, to their salary negotiation or their day-to-day life, but it's literally the same thing. Just like you went to that professor and you were like, can I get an A? What do I got to do again? Okay. Well, I had this happen and I did this and I could do this. And you know what I mean? And you get that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Well, it's the same thing. You have to advocate for yourself. You know, school, I've said this before, school really teaches people this whole garbage lie of if you just sit back and do the right thing, you're going to get rewarded to the max. And that's just some BS. That's just not true. You're going to get what you stand for. You do not get uh, what you deserve. You will get paid what you negotiate. So I understand that people are not all comfortable with advocating for themselves, but so what? You deal with that. There's a lot of things in life that we're uncomfortable doing. You know, I was uncomfortable being a parent. Well, I am. So, <laughs> and it's a lot of other things, you know. So instead of getting all in your feelings, like, I don't like it. I am not comfortable. Change your mindset to, 
I don't like it and I'm not comfortable and I don't care because I need to do this to push myself forward. I need to do this because it's going to help me and my money in the long run. And it's not just money though. I have found, and you may experience this yourself, Bela, that when people work with me, uh, do engage in a negotiation and they feel, even if they only got like a thousand dollars more, two dollars mm -hmm. more or, or, mm -hmm. or per hour, two dollars more per hour, they feel so great. They feel like I am the king of the world, you know, <laughs> and that carries on to the mm -hmm. next negotiation mm -hmm. and it gets stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. So one, you uh, want to negotiate to get your money. I mean, of course, but you also want to negotiate because if you're going to stand up for yourself in that context, you will stand up for yourself in other contexts. As Fela knows, I don't do victims or whiners or losers. You're a winner or you are not. And being a winner means you are willing to stand for you and professionally fight for you in the face of fear and adversity that mostly comes from ourselves. Well, no, that's, that's, I think that's powerful. Um, you know, I've heard these these messages for a long time now, so I it's it's ingrained within me now. So, <laughs> but no, it, it is important because that fear does exist for a lot of people, even for myself. Um, at one point no, yeah, in my do. career as well. So, but I think the big piece is is doing it anyway, just doing it scared because you won't know if you don't try, and. Um, right. I think you're really, right. you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned walking away, feeling like even if you got a little bit, even if you didn't get the whole way of what you initially wanted, even if you walked away with just a piece of what you wanted, you feel even stronger about accepting said opportunity or about going into this new career, this new, this new situation. Like, wow, I feel really, really great about it. But when you feel like I walked away and I left something on the table, I didn't really get what I really wanted. You know, it's a it's an element of yourself that you're almost leaving behind too. So uh, I think that's a that's right. Really, really right, well you said. feel badly later mm -hmm. on at night. You're looking mm -hmm. at yourself and you're thinking, mm -hmm. "Why did I do that? Mm -hmm. Why did I do mm -hmm. that? Why didn't I ask for this? Why didn't? Why didn't? Why didn't?" Mm -hmm. And I, I just can't accept that in me. I yep. just can't. So know? so 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 let me ask you this then. So. Let's say you walk into a situation, you've got the right mindset, you're prepared, you're, you're ready, you're about to go in, you're ready to do that counteroffer, have that dance. But you face an employer that's not willing to entertain it, that's not willing to have the conversation, and it just pretty much cuts you off right there at the legs. How do you tactfully still have that conversation without getting frustrated? Hey, if you're enjoying what you're hearing and learning something new, Take a second to rate this episode and write a review. Oh, don't forget to share with a friend or a colleague. All right, back to the show. Well, so here's the thing. And let me say this now. I've had some clients who've gone through four or five rounds mm. of negotiations before, mm -hmm. you know, they came to, came to an agreement. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. If an employer is genuinely like, we will not do anything as in not just no salary, but none of the other compensable items that I mentioned either. Absolute nothing. Well, they don't really value you. Mm -hmm. 
all right? They want your labor, but they want it at a cheap price. Because remember I said, the initial offer is never a top offer. So they, it's usually going to be at the mid or the lowest, all right? So if they literally will not negotiate on anything, I mean, no items, nothing at all, they hate you. No, I'm kidding. But they don't value you. <laughs> they don't value you. And you have to make that decision. Is that where you want to work? All right. Having said that, I do understand some employers like, no, nah, we're not going to be able to do that. Well, no, wait, wait, wait. That's why when I talked about Walter, he ended up at 150000 same holidays, same benefits, three weeks vacation instead of two, and they paid for the MBA program. So did he get the top of the amount that he was asking for? No, of course not. But did he get some other things that he really cared about, right? So as I so it's kind of just to summarize, if an employer refuses to negotiate on anything at all, they don't value you. But if they're like, well, no, we, we can't do that, then give prevent, present some other options. And that's why knowing those other counter items besides just salary are so important. Back when I was paying childcare, I was, we were paying what? About 250 a week. So if that's covered, that is money in our pocket. You know, it's a lot of money in our pocket, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, for people who care about PTO, especially uh, for yourself, number one, but number two, if you have kids, they're sick, you know, you got, you got to be off whenever, right? Getting having another two weeks of uh, paid time off is a big thing. So, yeah, that that's really my my suggestion. You need to be prepared with the other the other items. Got you. Okay, that all makes sense. So, um, I I I thought it important to note that when going down this path of counter offers, doing a negotiation internally, right? When you work for an employer, right? Doing a negotiation with your current employer versus externally, right? A prospective employer. I think there's a difference sometimes. So from that lens, I think answer, could you maybe provide one or two recommendations of how you would handle a counter offer differently when discussing it internally versus externally? It's not all that different because okay. you still need to know your dollar worth in that company for that role in that city, in that state, in that industry and country. You still need to know that. Now, the mm -hmm. good thing is because you are an insider, you also have a better sense of, well, what are some things that the company actually does do, you know? So I'll give you an example. Um, sometimes people don't know everything their company does because they don't ask enough questions, you know? So for example, um, it was a particular individual, they did not know that their company would pay up to about $5,000 a year for professional development. They, they, because they just, they didn't ask about it, right? So we talked about that. I'm like, well, is that important to you? Because there were some like conferences or certifications, something they really wanted. And they were like, yeah. I'm like, well, why don't you go and include that in your negotiation, right? And so they ended up getting that, but they wouldn't have gotten that if they had not asked for it. So it, it, so it, it, you certainly now have a better idea of, okay, within this company, 
So now you can relate your accomplishments within the firm to, you know, that role. So within this firm, here's why I'm worth this amount, whatever, you know, it is based on your homework, because in this firm, I've done X, Y, Z. I mentioned this before. I'll say it again. It is not enough for you to say I've been someplace a long time. That means Jack. All right. I've said this before. I will say it again. If you've done something in 20 years, don't tell me about 20 years. Tell me about what you specifically accomplishment accomplished, excuse me, to push that organization forward in 20 years. Don't just say I've been there 20 years. So relating your accomplishments uh, within the organization and asking about those negotiable items, same thing. That, that part is still the same. All right. So assume that you've accepted the offer and you feel good about it, but time has passed, maybe a week, two weeks go by. You start to really think about it and you're like, eh, I really didn't get fully what I thought I should have got. So is it too late to go back for a counteroffer? Is it too late to do that? Or is it kind of a one and done? And once you miss that opportunity, that's it. What are your thoughts on that? Well, now, once you've signed and accepted the offer, um, you can certainly you know, go back and say, well, this is what I think I'm worth, but what is the basis for this? Is this based upon you having done more salary homework that you didn't do before? Is it because you told somebody and they said, girl, you should get more? <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you're going to do this, fully expect for the organization to be like, really? But I didn't make you sign this, you know? Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm saying that there should be a good reason for yourself as to why. If you genuinely did some prior salary homework before and you overlooked some things or a circumstance may have happened where your husband, but in between the time you accepted the new job and, uh, you know, and, and you're supposed to start, your spouse might get laid off and you might need to change your work schedule. You know, maybe we need to do work from home. Things can happen. I understand that. So. But, the, but you still go through the same process. You know, I've accepted the offer. I appreciate that. But here are some other, you know, things that, you know, I'm worth or that my circumstances happen or something like that. But again, let this be based upon facts and data, not I feel I should get more. I don't know what that means. I feel facts and data mm. in, in this regard. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a that's a key point right there is making sure everything is evidence based, right? Not just right. You know, I just I just want more, <laughs> right? Because with I think there's right. that fine line that we're always trying to uh, straddle a little bit, right? With the employer, with making sure that you you know you negotiate your work, you stand up for yourself, you're making sure that you feel like you get what you is absolutely at the same time. You know, not quote unquote turning people off, right? I think that's the thing that we sometimes worry, right? As, right. as folks going out is is turning someone Absolutely. off, and depending on how you tactfully handle that, that right there, it it could very well be a turn off if somebody doesn't give a a just reason why you know they they they're, they're looking to counter. Then you know they may be say, you know what, we had someone else in line who was right behind you, but. Honestly, we, we feel good about them too. And so I guess to the point that you named earlier, 
about rescinding offers, that's that's a risk that you one has to be prepared to to take to say that, listen, if they're interviewing, oh, you, they're interviewing other people as absolutely. well. So it doesn't mean that there's absolutely. no one else that they had, you know, in their pipeline to say no, that, no. that they were looking to offer. So you have to be prepared for uh, both both outcomes. But that's why now, again, if something happens, you know, again, because I have a situation where, you know, the person accepted their offer, then their spouse got laid off and their whole work schedule will change. And then they had to go back and, you know, renegotiate that. And that makes obviously, but it's not a company's fault. If you didn't do your salary homework on the front end, that's just not their fault. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't still go try to get what you discovered your worth, but this is why you should do all this on the front end and not on the back end. Know your worth up front. So let me ask you this then. Is there such a thing as too much negotiating, right? Like is you if you yeah, you have an offer, you 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 do a counter offer, and then you know, they counter back with what they hope with is a resolution if for acceptance, but you decide to counter again, or maybe you're you're on a, a third, a fourth, however many rounds. Is there such thing as, as too much countering? I mean, as I said, I've had some clients go through four and five rounds of negotiation before, you know, they came to an agreement. So there's no real absolute on that. You know, that's going to be kind of what do you genuinely feel? I think the biggest thing be, are you operating from a place of confidence or are you operating from a place of fear? Mm. So... Are you giving up on this negotiation because you are genuinely happy with what you got? Or are you giving up because you're not happy at all with what you got, but you're afraid and you're allowing fear to hold you back? So that's that's really my, my only comment on that. Like I can't for some people, they get what they want in two rounds. Some people don't take four. Yeah. 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 It, it just varies. No. It varies. Well, and it varies not just with individual, it varies with jobs. For some jobs, you may, just like with interviewing, for some jobs, you may go through two rounds of interviews. For other jobs, mm -hmm. you may go through four. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I, I would love to continue this, to, to say the least. Um, I really got more questions, but I think I'm going to have to just make this a continuation series. <laughs> you know, honestly. Well, I think I'd like to add one more thing, though. Yeah, we have for like sure. a minute. Yeah, no. Okay. For sure. So Most definitely. there are different things that you can. You could even go back, though, and say, you know what? I thought I wanted this, but I think I've done some homework and this thing would be better. So give me an example. There's an individual. We'll just call her Martha. So okay. Martha, you know, got the offer she wanted, and she also negotiated to get a $20,000 signing bonus. All right. Very happy about that. But then, you know, Martha and I talked about it. I said, well, Martha, have you consulted with your accountant or, you know, tax person to see, is this going to hurt you? in terms of your tax liability for the following year. So she did that and she realized that that 20,000, it would put her in a whole different bracket. And so she would also be end up not taking home very much of it. And so what she did was she went back to them because she had, you know, done her homework over the value of the stock for the company, right? For like the past, I don't know, 12, 16 quarters. Anyway, it said, Hey, uh, I don't want the $20,000 in the bonus. I'd prefer to have that in stock options. And they said, okay. 
Mm. So, yeah, so that's the benefit of having some idea of all the negotiables that you care about. And even if it's something where you're like, well, I've never heard of that before. Well, I haven't heard of a lot of things before. That doesn't mean they don't exist. It doesn't mean they should, they should, you shouldn't ask for them if they're important to you. Don't be a follower and wait on what other people, you've heard other people doing. That's what followers do. You figure out what works for you and you go for yours. Uh, that's a that's that's a fact you know that's a that's a gem right there i mean it's a it's a new way of thinking especially if you haven't been in that situation before so the fact that you're able right. to put that on her mind you know to have that foresight to be able to recognize that she wouldn't even know what she's getting because i mean that, that, right. that brings up a really excellent point some of the things that we think are important you know whether it be financially just upfront cash how you know, what's your take home like, right? What is your true take home? The government's you know, going to kill you. Ex exactly. And depending on what state you live, <laughs> and state, you know, state income tax and yeah. whatnot and whatnot. So that 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 uh, compensation may be better suited in other areas. So versus straight cash. So um, being prepared and being able to think in that way definitely is a, is a big element. Though. That's, that's awesome. That's a, that's a great gem. So thank you for sharing that. Well, um. Well, nah, so we'll, 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 we'll bring this to a close and again, definitely going to have to oh. <laughs> continue this conversation definitely in some way and some, in some more series, but mm -hmm. I appreciate you, Dr. Yancey, for sure. So in, in the meantime, yeah. mm -hmm. don't forget that this is on <laughs> oh, Amazon yeah. and Thanks. you are very welcome to buy it. We won't say no. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. I was going to, I was going to give you your spot. Don't worry. To 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 to, to offer that, and I'll and I'll make sure to share that in the in the show notes as well. So, Doctor Yancey is most definitely a career strategist, uh, resume writer, and just help you negotiate your whole career. So, uh, she is most definitely the one that you want to reach out to, and I'll have all that information most definitely in the show notes with the link to her book as well. So, and I really just want to remind folks that you know learning is really the first step of all these things, these are building blocks. And so it, it doesn't mean sure. much if you don't put this stuff into action, right? You can listen and listen sure. all day to these different episodes and listen to all the great advice that Dante Yancey is giving. But if you don't find opportunities to actually put this stuff into action, you'll never really build the, the stamina, the strength to actually perform, right? Because that's, that's the only real way right. you got to go out and perform. Right. You got to put this stuff into action so i would just encourage everybody to really take this information out there and go out yes. of practice because that's a big element of this whole thing is practice and that's a little a big takeaway that we talked about during episode number two is practice 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 right negotiating doing the counter offers right. doing it in the mirror you know doing it across someone whether it's a spouse a friend you know have someone give you some adverse reaction and then how would you respond to that practice that we can go into those conversations prepared. Right. So I don't know if you want to share your contact information, maybe. I'm, I'm Dr. Rochelle Parks Yancey. Um, you can certainly message me on LinkedIn. Um, I said this before, it's okay for us to connect and never talk to each other. You know, you don't even have to send me a note with your connection message. We can just connect, but don't be weird. Um, and as long as you're not that, then you don't try to sell me anything either. Um, as long as you don't do those things, <laughs> then, you know, we can connect and it's perfectly fine. Awesome. 
So I'll make sure I have uh, all that in the show notes. Everybody, appreciate you for tuning in. Till next time. Peace. Don't forget to like and subscribe. For more content, click the link in my bio to follow How to Corporate on all social media platforms. Until next time, keep building.